0: Welcome back! It is episode six? Six. Wow. Episode six. That was a very long hesitation there, but hey. Episode (laughs) six of... Episode six. Episode six six. six of Side-Tracked Sleppies. Coming at you from our home bases. Our respective home bases. Respective home bases, so two different time zones. Two different time zones. Um, so it's been about three weeks since the last episode, and we're gonna start it off a little bit different tonight. We're gonna start off with NASCAR because there's a lot that's happened in these past three weeks. Oh yes, and, there is, and it's getting ready. We're we're getting ready for a very eventful next three weeks between me and Bryson, but. As always, first we have a featured rail cam for the episode. I decided to keep it a little bit local to me tonight. So, we got the Lakeshore Railway Historical Society's camera up up in Northeast PA, which is on the CSX main line. Um what? I don't even know what line that is. What's that even called, the water water level? Well, that's the old New York Central oh, yeah. water level route. Uh, um, I don't even know what it's called. It's a good question. <laughs> Between Cleveland and Buffalo, so so
1: whatever connects to the Mohawk sub in
0: Buffalo, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever that is, I don't know. Um, and then also the Norfolk Southern Lake Erie District. I know that one. Lakey, I don't know too much about CSX. I guess. I mean, I know CSX, but I I just don't really pay attention. I guess. But then we got the Norfolk Southern Lake. Erie District as well, on the same camera, these two main lines are within, oh, not even less than 30 yards from each other, probably. Um, definitely, CSX has the better traffic volume, or the higher traffic volume, um, compared to the Norfolk Southern Line, which probably only sees about maybe 10 trains a day, if that. well that one sees about probably forty to 40 to 50, probably. Which is the main, which is the main line east west for CSX from Chicago to, I guess, New York area. Yeah, New York. Yep. So I got that on right now. We'll see what happens. It's currently ten forty two p.m. Um. So let's jump into NASCAR. Bryson, can I can I actually start oh. with something oh. else? Yeah. Oh, yes. Go We're going to
1: I got a drink review here. I have from a co-worker. They gave me this Mighty Swell brand. I think that's the brand that out of terrible. Austin, Texas. Cherry lime spiked seltzer. Ew. It is five percent AB, ABV gluten free. Hundred carbs or 100 calories, three grams of carbs. So let's let's see what this is like. Get that can opening here.
0: What do you have, Luke? I got nothing. That was my. That was just me. <laughs> let's take a sip here. Honestly, I've been drinking on a Coke Zero from get go. Well.
1: I taste the cherry.
0: Okay.
1: Not a lot of lime. I wish there was more lime. Because the cherry aftertaste... Remember how I kind of said that the uh, the slushy I had out in Maine
0: mm-hmm. had oh, a little gosh. bit of a
1: gasoline aftertaste? Yeah. Not that I know what gasoline tastes like. Yep. This also has the same kind of aftertaste. I think Ew. I think using the common denominator here, that's the cherry flavoring. Hmm. So maybe my mouth just doesn't like alcoholic cherry flavors. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well I'll be sipping on it the rest of the night. And yeah. So Luke, NASCAR.
0: Right. Let's get back to nascar here so today is august 3rd 2023 that it is um so there's been three races that have happened since our last podcast and so the last one we did covered up to uh atlanta Atlanta. speedway yes where william byron won that race a rain shortened race well, the week after that, they went up to the lovely and wet state of New Hampshire. And you'll never guess what happened. It Can I do- guess?
1: Can I guess? Can I guess? Yes. Did it rain?
0: It did rain. No way. Wow. So the, the rain and New Hampshire and motorsports just all go hand in hand together up there yeah no I, it's uh, just it's just like a th- it's <laughs> it, it's just a threesome where don't say that <laughs> it's just like a threesome but but the rain
1: <laughs>
0: was not invited at first
1: This is a family friendly
0: podcast. Well, you can have three subs, like if I have like three people s- that are
1: golfing,
0: yeah. Like, yeah, three people that are golfing, three people yeah. that are three different cans of hard seltzer. Hard seltzer. You know? Yeah. Okay. So uh <laughs>
1: Yeah, Rain and NASCAR and well, Rain in New Hampshire is just I've never Luke, we've, ne- we've never been was in gonna the state say, of New Hampshire when it wasn't raining, so... I, yeah, I was gonna say,
0: yeah, it's just, I've only seen New Hampshire in the
1: rain. Um, I don't think the people in New Hampshire know what sun is like, but...
0: Did did, did you know... Did, did you know what the uh, name of the race was for New Hampshire? Like, who the sponsor was? Was it Friendly's Restaurants? No. Aww.
1: Um... Did it involve lobster? No. Sad. Uh, Mount Washington Cog Railway, 600.
0: 600? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was the Crayon 301. Wait, they made crayons in New Hampshire? See, that's the thing. It's not crayons. It's crayon. <laughs> How do you say crayons? Crayon yeah crayon this is like it's like a crayon yeah but this is crayon
1: (laughs) but it's the same thing right like the wax
0: it's spelled the the same yeah but i i don't know i think it's like some type of company
1: oh so it's not like crayon. no no no
0: it's not like yeah it's not like a here it is crayon what does crayon do it's been, it's their 5 year anniversary. 5 years and they're already so, uh, sponsoring an NASCAR race. Wow. Headquartered in Oslo, Norway with more than 3,300 employees and over 50 offices across 40 countries, we operate a global customer-first and vendor agnostic IT consultancy.
1: So oh, they're, so they're uh they're a tech company and they have lots of money.
0: Yeah. But they're called yeah. they're called Crayon. And it's spelled just like a crayon. Okay. Whatever. Okay. It rained, so they did the race on Monday, and because I have an actual job now, I couldn't watch it. Wow. I watched it while I was working from home. See, I... <laughs> yeah, see, I I couldn't do it, but Martin Truex Jr. won the race. Yeah. Apparently he kind of dominated it for the most part, sounds like, so... Whatever. Okay, now we're going on to Pocono, the tricky the triangle, tr- the tricky triangle, up in northeast Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's racetrack,
1: but not the city of northeast Pennsylvania. No, 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 no. The no. the geographical northeast. The Pennsylvania. geographical
0: northeast Pennsylvania, and you know, Pocono is becoming more interesting. Has become more interesting over the years, in my opinion. It seems like the, the racing gets a little better. Didn't oh, you yeah. say you don't love Pocono? So, Pocono is not a good spectator-like... It's not a good in-person race, because it's a triangle. And that, yeah. and that last... Whatever, if you're looking at a triangle, the, the top peak is like... Really, really far away. So you have a straightaway in front of you, and then the way that the stands are built, people say you really can't even see the cars when they're going by you because they're usually sucked the up. slope. They're usually sucked up against the wall, basically, when they're going by oh, you in yeah. the front stretch. So they say you can't even see the cars too well when they go in when they're actually in front of you. And then you have two straightaways at like 45 degree angles, like a triangle, where the cars is going away from you then, and then it's coming at you. So it, I I mean, I haven't been there. I'll probably go at some point, but that's what I hear or see on the social media is that it's not really the best viewing track, I guess, for in-person spectating. Yeah, but that makes sense. But I mean, the, the racing's been good. I'll probably go one of these years, you know, I'll get out. It's not that far from you. And it's actually you know? a, it's
1: actually a pretty good hike. Okay. Pe- Pennsylvania. The mountain- But compared to other tracks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pennsylvania, let's see. Erie to Pocono Raceway. 5 hours and 9 minutes. So, Michigan's actually closer driving and drive yeah, and indy's not much
1: further than that
0: mm. it, it's because pennsylvania when if you look at a map of pennsylvania you look how the how the interstate systems and all the like the highways are laid out so you have i80 and you have interstate 76 or the pa turnpike that both go east west across pennsylvania pa turnpike takes like the southernmost Route I 80 is kind of like smack dab right in the middle. But if you live in northeast or northwest Pennsylvania, like how I do, Mm -hmm. you literally have to take 79 all the way down to 80. There is no like perpendicular or diagonal, uh, I guess diagonal, horizontal, uh, horizontal, whatever. There's no horizontal highway because of the mountains it's just the geographic makeup of Pennsylvania so it's like oh yeah you just want to go to Scranton from Erie yeah that's that's not that far yeah it's pretty far you have to drive an hour and a half south first just to go east <laughs> it's it's just weird so yeah Pocono's like 5 hours and 10 minutes it says so technically michigan is closer anyways good race Um, up until the very end, (laughs) depending on who you like and who you dislike. So, Uh uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, Denny Hamlin is now. So he did a move last year on Ross Chastain, where he basically pinched Ross Chastain on a restart. They were one and two. Uh, Denny's on the bottom. Ross is on top. He comes out of one, and he basically runs Chastain up the track, up to the point where you can't, where Ross can lift. Ross could lift. You know what's really funny? I started talking about Ross Chastain, and the little search bar on the bottom of my thing turned to a watermelon. I'm not even joking. (laughs) I'm not even joking. It just turned to a watermelon. Anyways. Um... Yeah, Ross could have lifted, but it's the, you know, it's like within 10 laps to go. Nobody's going to lift, whatever. You're going to race hard. Denny knew what he was doing. And then Denny goes, oh, you could have lifted if you wanted to. But then, yeah, Ross would have left, lost like, you know, probably five or 10 positions because it's just the nature of the car and the racing now with this, with this next gen car. So Denny knew what he was doing, but. You know, a lot of people let it slide because, you know, everybody was on the on the bandwagon that oh my god, Ross Chastain is just terrible not not terrible, he well, yeah, I, mean, I guess terrible that he, he's such a bad driver and he always gets in Denny's way and wrecks Denny and blah 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 and he's finally got one coming for him and Denny gave it to him. Fine, whatever. I wasn't too happy about it last year. Well, son of a gun, he did the same thing this year. But this time with Kyle Larson, who he has no, like, rap sheet with or anything, does the yeah, same... no reason to do it. Does the same dang thing on a restart. Like, with under five laps to go. And he runs Kyle Larson, like... And it's not like Kyle Larson was, like, at his back quarter panel, right rear quarter panel or anything. Like, Larson was right next to him. Like, I could see if Larson was, you know, the nose of Larson's car was at the right... Like, Denny's, like, basically almost done passing him. Yeah, if you want to pinch him off there or whatever, yeah, sure, whatever, that's racing. But Larson's right there, like, door-to-door with him. And he just moves up. He doesn't touch him, apparently, in Denny's words. But then, uh, Larson hits the wall, and Larson loses... 10 spots or whatever, because he hit the wall. The same exact thing he did to Chastain. But this year, oh. Now this time, because it happened to Larson, it's, wow, Denny Hamlin, wow, wow, how could you do that? Blah, 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 that's dirty racing or whatever. What did Larson de- deserve that? Whatever. Whoever you root for, whatever. Was it hard racing? Yes, it was hard racing. I think the only thing that makes it look bad on Denny is because he did the same thing he did the same exact thing last year to a different driver. And now this time he did it to someone that is a little bit more popular, I guess, than Ross Chastain. So now everybody's like, oh well, that was a dirty move or Denny and blah blah blah. So Larson is po at the end. He's just they're interviewing That's valid. Yeah, they're just interviewing him. He's like, I never did anything like like I don't have anything wrong with Denny, he's like, he's my buddy, like, whatever, he's like, I don't know why he races me like that, or whatever, you know, and then, then there's Denny, I, I don't know, man. Denny's ego is just starting to get to him, it's just, he is, he is just embracing the villain, all of a sudden, like, used to be Kyle Bush, but now it's Denny Hamlin, <laughs> it's just weird how it just, switched like that once Kyle Bush left JGR and went to Richard Childress. I don't think many people really like like even me, like Kyle Bush wins now or does well. It's just like, oh yeah, Kyle Bush, good good job, man. Like like props to you. You switched the whole you switched to a brand new team. Everything's brand new. Different car manufacturer and you've won what, three races so far this year? Like, good for you. And then there's Denny Well let
1: me raise you let me raise you this question here. Yeah. I've seen on the socials people, you know, saying that Denny is the new Kyle Bush. Yeah. Uh, do you think that Denny is the new Kyle Bush? And do you see this going further? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Throughout the season? Oh, yeah. And
0: throughout the season Kyle. and probably, probably for at least next year, especially this season. It's, and I think the issue is. Denny has his own podcast too. I used to listen to yes. it. I don't listen to it anymore because like how Kyle Larson said is oh Denny's always right, Denny's always right. Denny's like one of, the, you know, he's he's one of the veterans in the in the sport for sure. He's been there for like 20 years, you know. So he's he, he's been around. But it's just I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't understand like why he's trying to play this villain card now and just like denying everything that he does wrong you know and just saying like oh yeah it's just good hard racing rubbing his racing i get it but like the like larson was right next to you like and you put him in the wall like it's not like he swerved right into him and it's not like it was the last lap or anything you know if that was the last lap like how Danny did the Kyle Larson at Las Vegas and earlier early this year at Las Vegas I think that was Las Vegas was that Las Vegas no who was that who was it that, that did that at Las Vegas that no, was Kansas yeah Danny did it to Danny did it to uh, Larson at Kansas too but he did it on the last lap and he caught Larson and, you know, Larson, Denny was faster than Larson. So Denny, you know, put the bumper to him on the back stretch and kind of, kind of put Larson to the wall. But see, I would view that as a racing move because Denny was obviously faster, whatever. It's the last lap. You're going for it. Fine. This wasn't the last lap. It was like, it was under five laps. So maybe like three laps to go after a restart, so you had time to race it out still, you know, and just doing that, I I don't know. It seems like a lot of the racing recently, over the, over, like, the past two years, at least, up to this point, has gotten a lot more aggressive, and I feel like people are just making a lot of more, the drivers are making a lot of more, like, I think they're just put in a diff- in a difficult situation with this next gen car, because when you're at short tracks, you can't pass. The short track pack package is crap. Um, I'll be talking about that next. Um, the short track package is bad, and even the super speedway package isn't where it needs to be right now. The like if you get out of line and you don't have like f- at least three other cars with you it just seems like you fall like a brick um so it seems like it's with all that said and just the fact that it's hard to pass in general at that level that drivers are throwing these bonehead moves or just doing stuff like that because that's the only way that they can see themselves winning you know and it's the only way to get ahead yeah and it's just I don't know, because every race it seems like comes down to like the last lap like that, or like it goes into an overtime, and then it's just whoever freaking wrecks whoever, and that's who's gonna win. Unfortunately, I'd rather see them. Do you blame that on NASCAR? No, I mean you always gotta. I mean, technology in the world ain't gonna stop evolving, so.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's
0: just where it's just where they are right now, and they, it's only their second year, second year, is it their second? Yeah, with the next gen, is it their? Yeah, it's only their second year with the next gen. So I mean, whatever, they still got time to to fix it, and I mean it it, they just did a tire test and stuff at Richmond after the after the race at Richmond, to to work on some short track stuff because. Richmond is just by far the the worst track on the schedule right now, in my opinion. Um, so, let's go to that. So, there was all that drama with Denny and Kyle Larson now, for whatever reason. So, Kyle Larson just basically said, I'm going to race Denny how he races me now, apparently. Because he's like, I don't know why he's racing me dirty like that. Anyways, so, last week, July 30th, was Richmond... My brother actually went with a group of his friends and I told him, I'm like, <laughs> Richmond's the worst track. Like, you're not going to see any, you're not going to see any crazy action. Richmond's just kind of follow the leader. And that's basically what happened. Kyle Larson did kind of give Denny a little, a little bit of a payback. He gave him a little bump and run where Denny was like in, I don't know, third place. He's like in the top five. And Kyle, or Kyle Larson was, like, a, a lap down trying to unlap himself. He was, like, in 22nd. But he kind of just ran into the back of, of Denny Hamlin in, in the one turn and just moved him up the track. You know, they didn't put him in the wall, just moved him up the track. And it's just, like, Denny didn't do anything or say anything after that. So we'll see if that continues, though, coming up here, the, the Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson feud. I'll just say this. It seems like Denny Hamlin is the common denominator in all of these rivalries and feuds it's just <laughs> yes. all denny hamlin now <laughs> but, like chase elliott spins denny hamlin at at uh at charlotte because he did the same thing to chase and chase said screw you you're coming with me basically and then it's always denny hamlin and ross chastain although ross chastain's been a little bit quiet lately and now it's denny hamlin and kyle larson it's like What's going up, Danny Hamlin? Here, like, what are you doing? Okay, so he gives him a little payback at Richmond nothing crazy, just a little, little love tap on the back. Um, Chris Busher ended up actually winning the race, RFK racing, Ralph Fenway Kozlowski. But Brad Kozlowski actually led the most laps during the race, and I just feel so bad for Brad. Like, I want Brad to win so bad. He hasn't hasn't won yet with the next-gen car or or basically ever since he became part-partial or part-owner in RFK. And, like, basically he owns his own car now, too. He hasn't... It's been, like, two years since he's won, I think. It's something crazy like that. Poor Brad. I know. And, like, Brad's a good guy. I like Brad. I've always liked Brad. It's kind of Joe Legano I kind of can't stand sometimes. But Brad's good. Last win was the 2021 Geico 500 at Talladega. So basically the Talladega that we saw, the spring race in 2021. That's the last race that, that he's won. So it's been a while. And like he was doing so good at this race. He was just dominating. He was out front. He was... He was up there, he had the most laps led, and he didn't win, but his teammate won, and his organization won that he's a part of. So I guess that's as he he when they interviewed him, he was he was still happy, you know, like to get his team in there. So Chris Busher won again. So Chris Busher won last year, too. We saw that last year at uh uh Bristol. Chris Busher won. So, Chris Busher won again this year. That's his third career win. Here's a little uh, fun fact for you, Bryson. Yes. So, Chris Busher's first race, first uh, win in the Cup Series, I know it happened at uh, Pocono. It was the Pennsylvania 400. But he won in a very odd way. How do you think he won? And this was back in... Oh God, what year was this? Um, It says 2016. July 31st, 2016.
1: Did somebody not pass post-race inspection? Oh no.
0: No, no, no. lightning was not lightning but it weather related might have had to do with weather i was it just weather delay it wasn't a delay because the race ended because of this
1: i feel like i've heard of this i just forget exactly what happened fog really
0: it, they it, couldn't see? They couldn't see. It got so foggy that they had to call the race. I remember watching that.
1: So they called the race at a certain... What, did they just tell the drivers, hey, we're gonna end it here? Or they just split second. They're like, oh,
0: we're ending the race. So so here's what it says. Um, according to Wikipedia, the 2016 Pennsylvania 400 uh was scheduled for July 31st, but it was ran on August ran on August 1st because of rain because of rain. Chris Buescher scored his first victory at Pocono after the race was called for fog. The race had 19 lead changes among different drivers and seven cautions for 31 laps and the la- and a red flag for the fog. now here's here's something even crazier what was chris busher's sponsor for the race please tell me
1: it had something to do with like a uh, headlight defogger or something like that
0: uh, oh no no it wasn't oh he didn't have it that day So his sponsor it looks like did he have it did he have it on his shirt though yes 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 he does have it on his shirt or, or like he has it on this on his uh fire suit it was one of his main it was one of his sponsors, but it wasn't the main sponsor of the car for that race unfortunately the uh the sponsor for that one was looks like it says rock slide logistics but who was Chris Busher's other main sponsor back in 2016? I didn't follow NASCAR in 2016. I could not C- tell you. C S X? X? No way. I am not joking. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you now. <laughs>
1: Really? Yes. I mean, I remember CSX like <laughs> CSX sponsored a car, right? It, yeah, yeah, it was
0: Chris Busher's car.
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> it it had the box it was blue and yellow, had the boxcar logo on the hood, and then it said "Play it safe" on the side for like operation Lifesaver or whatever. It was a Ford Fusion. Oh my
1: god, I remember that car. <laughs> I remember seeing pictures of it.
0: He didn't have it that race, though. I thought he had it that race, because I remember telling my dad, I'm like, that's the CSX guy. And it's a Ford. <laughs> and it's a Ford. All right. so, so, Chris
1: Busher. Yeah, so 2016.
0: So, Chris Busher Chris won. He's finally... He made it into the playoffs this year, because last year when he won, it was during the playoffs. So, Chris Buescher is... This is his first time um, in, the, in the playoffs, so that's pretty cool. See if RFK can get uh, anything going here in the playoff round. Hopefully Brad Kozlowski can get in there. I mean, he's been doing good this year. He's been very consistent, and it's better than last year. So, Wait, hold up. Yes.
1: This is Chris Buescher's first time in the playoffs? Should be, yeah. How was he not in the playoffs in 2016 if he won that Pocono race? Because
0: I don't think he made the cutoff. Because he was a... He might have been a rookie that year, to be honest. Okay. And and I don't know if they even had the rate... I don't even know if they had that format yet in 2016. I can't remember when they, when they switched over to this playoff format like this. It might have been like that in 2016. But, like... Chris Busher in 2016 is like Todd Gilliland in 2016. Who? Exactly. Chris Busher was just a who person back then. So, Busher with the Pocono win became the first driver since Joey Logano in 2009 to win a race as a Cup Series rookie. Despite the win, Busher was not automatically guaranteed a chase position because he was outside of the top thirty in driver points, the minimum standing required to qualify for the chase. See it was the chase still. It wasn't even it wasn't even this new playoff uh, new playoff stuff yet. Yeah. It was still the chase back then. Busher finished fifth to move into the thirtieth points position and moving past David Regan. Buescher passed his teammate, Landon Castle, for 29th in the stands in Richmond and locked in his place. Oh, he did make it into the. Well, yeah, I guess he did make it in. He made it in at 29th. (laughs) He began the chase 13th in points. He finished dead last within the chase. (laughs) But, anyways, well, this is his first playoff appearance in the modern, whatever you want to call it today, in this format. Richmond sucks. The racetrack sucks. The, uh... There's no passing. It's just... It's just how this works now, I guess, with... With the short tracks, which really sucks, because the short tracks were always fun to go to. So
1: explain... Like, you were talking about the short track package. Explain
0: the (laughs) packages. So, there's different packages... Which is basically how NASCAR dictates the car the setup of the cars. It's like car tuning. Yeah, pretty much. So there's a short track, an intermediate track, super speedway, and a road course. I think I think there's only four like that. But then like NASCAR might throw in, you know, like little things here saying, like, yeah, yeah, this time we're gonna like do this as well. Sometimes they do that. But like usually for short tracks. It's usually the horsepower. For short tracks, you want more of the horsepower and less of the grip, so you slide around more because that's kind of what short track racing is. You're so drifting sli- more. Yeah, you're sliding around more. Yeah, basically, you don't want to be as tight. You want to be a you want to be a little bit loose. But okay. um, it's just the it's just the way that the bodies are designed. So like before. The bodies of NASCARs were... I don't know how to say this. They were profiled, I guess, more towards the left side of the car because you're normally turning left of the car. So, like, the way the aerodynamics and the way that the car was set up was off-centered to the left a little bit. Just a little bit. Nothing crazy. Like, if you look at the trucks... And if you look at the uh, Xfinity cars today, it's they're still kind of they're still like that. Now with this new body, everything is dead center. Everything is dead center on this one, on this new, on the next gen cars. So, I think that has a role to do with it because that kind of plays into you know turning left really hard at short tracks like that. Um, you would think that'd be good, but. I, it's just the way how wide the cars are now. It just doesn't seem like they s- want to slide around. And it's just follow the leader. And the tire fall off is... There's no t- there's not that much tire fall off either. So, I think Goodyear got to start looking into, you know, different tire treads and stuff. Not treads, but different uh, wearing. Compounds. I guess, yeah, different compounds and stuff. I still say they should bring they should do it like how IndyCar does with their Firestone tires. They have the red the red the red tires and the black tires. So the black tires are a the black tires are um a harder compound and the red tires are a softer compound. And I think for IndyCar you at least have to run you have to run each tires once through a i don't know i don't know how they determine the length or what that is like how long you have to have each tires on for but you do have to use at least both of them throughout the race so that throws in another like you know strategy as well you want to start on hot on soft tires you want to start on hard tires is it sunny outside is the track hot is it cloudy and the tracks a little bit cool like it, it would all it would be kind of neat if if that if they would do something like but I don't think they'll ever do that. So, no. Oh, well, well, that's the that's what happened in the last three weeks of NASCAR. So the next three weeks, gonna be fun. So coming up here this weekend, this upcoming weekend is Michigan, and you know I got my eye on the weather because you know Mother Nature and NASCAR just go hand in hand this year.
1: And you'll be going to Michigan this year.
0: Oh, I'm going. I might not make it back, but I'm going. You'll physically be there. I will physically be there, and I might physically be blown away, because as of right now, Brooklyn, Michigan, which is where the racetrack is about, I don't know, I guess it's about an hour, hour or so, give or take, west of Detroit, Brooklyn, Michigan, Sunday, 83 degrees real feel of 90 i love that i know how you like that real feel bryson real feels feel. like 90 <laughs> real feel of 90 degrees and it that is that is how every so before michigan had two races a spring race and in a in a uh summer race i guess the spring race well the spring i wouldn't even call it the spring race It used to be a race in June, and it used to be a race in August. Like, they were within, like, two months of each other. The June race, it always rained. Always rained in the June race, and it was cold as heck. Cold as heck. And windy. I remember being up there one time because it got rained out on Sunday. We went back up on Monday. It was, like, 50 degrees. We were freaking freezing up there. The wind was whipping. Joey Logono actually won that race, too. So Michigan's like Michigan's like "quote unquote my home track" when I lived out in Fort Wayne because it was only like an hour and a half away. So I I went to like every Michigan race starting in the and uh, starting in August or September of 2017 there. So I've been to I've basically been to every Michigan race since 2017. So that's like my home race track. Um Yeah. So it always rains in June and then in August It is just hot as hell. And, like, it's not even, it's not even just, like, hot. Like, it is humid hot. Wasn't the, I think, no, it wasn't the race last year, but it was hot last year, too. It was the one in 2021 in August. Now there's only one race at Michigan, which I agree with. Michigan didn't need to have two races. They just, they just need one. Um... In 2021, it was so humid that it felt like 105 degrees. Like it was like well over 100 degrees with the with the real feel. And by the time I went with my buddy Corey, by the time we got to our seats. Like, I was, like, we were just both drenched in sweat. We passed probably, like, three people on stretchers getting, you know, fluids because they, they're, like, passing out, too. We got to my, we got to our seats, and I'm sitting there, like, I couldn't stop sweating. And I was like, oh, great, here we go again. Horseshoe curve round two. Like, I'm just going to pass out again. <laughs> like that, like that time at Horseshoe curve. So I told Corey, I'm like, I need to get, I need to get under Stands here and get in the shade. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Uh, I drank all of the water we brought. Like, <laughs> like we we brought a thing in a cooler, and and we dr- I drank all of that water within like twenty minutes, and I'm like, oh god, this isn't gonna be good. And then I'm literally laying on the pavement <laughs> underneath the bleachers because I was trying to get really cold because it was in the shade there. And I'm like just laying on the pavement, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna freaking pass out here. But I didn't, I came back, and that was good, but Corey was a little upset and I drank all the water. <laughs> 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 he was a little, a little uh, upset about that. But anyways, yeah, Michigan, I love Michigan. I don't care if, the, the racing, the racing there before the next gen car was, you know people would say it's not exciting but you know i've always gone there and i thought it was fun get to watch uh kevin harvick kick some butt he's won like the last five he's won like five out of the last seven races there he basically owned that place in the in the uh gen six gen six car not not the gen seven car the next gen but um Good times, Eric. Got so drunk one time that somehow, apparently, I bought my own Kevin Harvick shirt after the race. I told, I asked my <laughs> mom, I asked my mom, like, who got me this shirt? I'm like at the hotel at three in the morning, and when I finally woke up, she's like, you bought it. I'm like, I don't remember that. <laughs> hey, we finally got one. We finally got a train coming on the rail cam. You probably forgot that was on. Must be. I it. did. It is a slow night. Got a westbound CSX here, coming. It is two YN threes with some Amazon containers. So There's Amazon Schneider. It's going pretty slow too. It's not going pretty fast at all. It's not going track speed. So, anyways, back to the weather for. Um... This Sunday, strong thunderstorms, periods of sun, humid, storms can bring flooding downpours, hail, damaging wind gusts, and an isolated tornado. So, we'll see if I make it out alive. And then, the following weekend is Indianapolis. Um, Yes, it is. So, we go and stay at Bryson's parents' house, and... We we'll go to that. Bryson's dad's going to come out too. So we're going to go. It is an IndyCar and NASCAR double weekend. Yeah, double header weekend, basically. But you got the Xfinity race in there too. So there's three races all together two on Saturday, one on Sunday. I won So is it a, a threesome of races? It's a threesome of races, baby. Where IndyCar is the, like the the ugly one. Like, nobody really I don't know if anybody's really there for IndyCar. But IndyCar is there. It's cool. I did it last year and it was a fun day and it was hot as hell, so we'll see if it's going to be uh, stupid hot again for that one. And then after that one is Watkins Glen. I'm still on the fence about that one. That's about like three and a half hours from here up in upstate New York, so uh, if it turns out to be a nice day, I'll probably go ahead and buy tickets and drive out there, but definitely the next two races I'm going to. Bryson will be there at Indy. Um, I've probably talked too much about NASCAR right now, but if you want to talk about anything else, Bryson.
1: So we're sidetracked for we can transition away from NASCAR. Yes, I think. Still involving cars, though. Okay. Kind of. Okay. Past cars. Let's go to the roller coaster part of our podcast.
0: Oh, 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 oh. I know where uh, where you're going. I got
1: an announcement a few days ago here. I, I know where you're going this for top thrill two two i personally love the name i do too i love that it pays homage to or homage whatever that is yeah to the original top thrill dragster i yes. was very like i remember the very beginning of the whole like when the person actually got injured when they stopped the ride <laughs> i remember people saying oh they're gonna they get they're going to repaint it, they have to rename it, they have to re it, because it's not going to be... Like, the person's family isn't going to want it to be Top Thrill Dragster anymore. And, I, yes, that is fairly a, a logical thing to think. I'm very glad that they kept it Top Thrill-related, Dragster-related. Kept the name, right? Mm-hmm. They changed the paint, but I honestly think the paint for this version looks better than the original, um, the white and red as opposed to the yellow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Never really loved the yellow. But, it is going to be reimagined. It's currently being reimagined. That's their their term. By Zamperla, famous uh, so, famous, famous builder of rides such as I was gonna say, what, Snoopy's what Space Buggies. Oh, crap. <laughs> at King's That's Island. my favorite! No. <laughs> so, Zamperla. Um, Zamperla is a big flat ride manufacturer. Okay. Basically, most flat rides that you see, especially at like fairs, mm-hmm. Zamperla oh. makes. So a lot of those transportable. Interesting. Rides. <laughs> um, and so yeah, a lot of those those rides, a lot of flat rides, especially in kiddie sections of amusement parks, hmm. they really have never they've been in the coaster game, but like. It's very low key. Yeah. So this is a big remember, This is a big
0: project for them.
1: This is a big project for them. And their first big project, I'd say, in the roller coaster world was the Wild Mouse at Cedar Point. Ooh, so okay. the speculation I might be true, I don't know. Is that Cedar Point got a deal on the reimagining of Top Thrill by Zamperla when they purchased the Wild Mouse. Yeah. So, the coaster was originally built by Intamin. It's being reimagined by Zamperla, using elements that Zamperla has brought to the market. Some elements of this coaster are going to be a high-speed switch track. Yep. So basically, uh, the coaster will what? It's going to launch forward out of the station, not crest the hill. It's going to roll back, so everybody gets a rollback, and rollbacks aren't a special thing on Top Thrill Dragster anymore.
0: But what uh, if you get a what if you get that?
1: A- <laughs> that has been a speculation. If it is possible to get a double rollback, a double rollback now, that would be epic. So you're going to roll back into a 420 foot spike. How how fast are they
0: shooting you off at first? Let me let me actually look up the stats here. I, I know what it is. It's like 72 or 78 miles per it's under 80 miles per hour for the first initial. Yeah, it's not it's not fast. Well, I mean um, I mean it's, it's Well, it's not it's, yeah. Yeah, it's you're not going like halfway up the uh the main whatever you want to call that the top hat or whatever. You're like yeah, you probably you're probably, going you're probably only going hat. like a, you're probably only going like
1: a third of the way up. So here we go. Um, they're going to be using LSMs, which I want to say had LIMs before this. Mm-hmm. So you're going 74 miles an hour forward, and then you get the rollback. So you're not going to be cresting the hill. No, because when you were cresting that original hill, you were what 120.
0: Yeah, it's just about one. Yeah.
1: So maybe halfway up, I don't know. I'm not the engineer. Probably Here
0: probably only a, probably <laughs> only a third of the way to be honest.
1: Yeah. So you'll you'll go backwards into a 101 mile an hour launch backwards. That'd be awesome. So it awesome. looks, yeah the the lims are going to or LSM sorry are going to boost you up to 101 miles an hour backwards up a 90 degree 420 foot tall vertical spike yep and then you'll feel weightless before going forward again into the high speed straightaway so the same you know
0: same section of track
1: same section of track launching up to 120 miles an hour so 19 miles an hour faster to the top of the original 420 foot high top hat and then same spiral as before,
0: same ending as before on Top Thrill Dragster. Now here's my question. Yes. Are the restraints going to be similar to the old Top Thrill, or is it going to have the over-the-shoulder restraints? So they're using Zamperla trains.
1: And they're not going it from the pictures of the train, they're not over the shoulder. They're lap bars uh-huh. that like go all the. It's hard to explain,
0: like that. And in, c- in case your legs, the hinge
1: is behind your head, but they come down to your lap. I gotcha.
0: Yeah. So it's coming. It's coming from above still, but it's just a lap. It's coming bar. from
1: above, but it's
0: just it's, a lap bar. Yeah. It's not gonna restrict you
1: over the shoulder. Good.
0: No, your arms have free movement. Good, because that's the only thing. Because King Dakar has the over the shoulder, over the shoulder, yeah. And when I rode King Dakar, do you feel the extra what ten miles per hour and the extra what twenty feet? Yes, I mean it's pretty. It's a pretty intense uh, launch, but it just you're it doesn't feel. I don't know. Good. It like it's really hard to put your hands up, even though you're not supposed to put your hands up during the launch. I might do that. But um even when you're at the top or whatever, like you can't it just feels like you can't move around. That's why I like Top Thrill better over Kingda Ka because Top Thrill just has a lap bar and it feels like you you can move around more, like your upper body's moving around more than on Kingda Ka.
1: Also, what would you rather see from 420 feet in the air? lake Erie and the possibility of seeing canada or new jersey um <laughs> i don't want to see new jersey well i mean um <laughs> also i love 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 the new logo and like everything going with yeah like all the marketing going on with this coaster <laughs> I hopefully the one thing I don't love is the color of the trains. They're like this weird bluish, like light bluish color. Yes, yeah, but
0: and it's not gonna be. It's not gonna look like a race car or anything either. or Like a well, like they're a dragster. gonna look like dragsters. Oh, they're still gonna look like dragsters. Yeah, they're still oh, gonna good. look like dragsters. Good. They're gonna look a little. Yeah, it'll be yeah, a little different. The dragster yeah.
1: look good, but for the most part, they are still going to look
0: like dragsters. Good, because that's just so. That's that's another unique thing about that ride. Was the was yeah. Just the, the coaster that trains i mean, they still
1: basically have the same shape as the intamin uh cars mm-hmm. they're just better yeah and are they a little bit more heavier aerodynamic are they
0: heavier lighter probably lighter
1: i i uh they're i would assume they're probably lighter. um Three all new high performance trains with state-of-the-art chassis milled from a single piece of aluminum and crafted with an aerodynamic fiberglass and carbon fiber body. So
0: it's pretty light then. I'm assuming lighter. Yeah. Um Thoughts on not Thoughts on still having Just a braking run at the end and not like a little uh bunny hill or anything i what do you, what do you want to call fine. it like a running hill whatever
1: i i mean it was an airtime, airtime hill for hill. king Kah, yeah. Ka, right yeah well i mean
0: um, it wasn't cr- I, I don't know i don't really yeah i guess but i, I don't know. what do you i have your... <laughs> no issue with
1: that the thing that i question is cedar point has always been a record breaker yep. for everything Yep. Why didn't they go higher? Where? Well, why didn't they with the vertical spike? Why didn't they go higher? Why do they only go to four hundred twenty feet? I I don't know. I mean, I'm not upset by that. Yeah. It looks epic. I really want to ride it. Well, it'll be the first. Um, it'll be the highest
0: triple launch coaster.
1: <laughs> it it will be. Yeah. I mean, they're going to make this into some sort of record.
0: Yeah. I think that's what it is. It'll be, like, the highest and fastest, probably, the world, triple, yeah. triple launch coaster. let me see. Or, or double launch coaster. Triple or double? Triple. Double. Yes, triple, triple, that's launch. right. Yeah, You're triple. launching three times, I'm yeah. trying to think, yeah. <laughs> triple.
1: Also, I like how the logo is also kind of like a magnet, because LSM's are... Mag- magnet. Electromagnetic. So this kind of reminds me, in a slight way, of my current one of my current favorite rides which is Mr. Freeze, Mr Freeze at Six Flags St Louis and they have a version of that a clone of that at uh one of the ones in Texas but obviously that was a premier rides coaster not as tall not as fast but it was still fun right it was an out and back kind of thing mm-hmm where you got launched in different directions. I love that about this. I love being able to be launched in different directions. Speaking of Mr. Freeze and Out and Backs and a few other things, uh, Mr. Freeze in Texas. So Mr. Freeze la- first was released as a forward launch coaster at Texas and St. Louis. And then they changed it to the reverse blast coaster where they reverse the trains. Mm-hmm. In Texas, last year or early this year, recently, they turned the trains back to forward-facing trains. Well, now they reversed the last car on the trains at Texas, so you can technically choose whether you want to launch forward or backwards out of the station, on. Mr. Freeze in Texas, which I think is awesome.
0: That is kind of cool.
1: And speaking of out-and-back coasters, new coaster announcement out of Holiday World. Ooh, Holiday World. The Gravy Coaster. The Gravy Coaster. Good Gravy. Good Gravy. America's Graviest Coaster. What? (laughs) What? it is a 1500 foot wild ride to save Thanksgiving dinner you'll travel forward up a 77 foot spike then backwards to make more gravy and save Thanksgiving dinner a uh, 38 inch height requirement minimum height and a max speed of 37 miles an hour it's a family coaster hmm. but but the train the cars are shaped like gravy boats <laughs> they are Ten two-person cars, they start at Grandma Gracie's house, where her sister Abigail spends her time at Gobbler Getaway. Um, She's renowned for her good gravy, and Grandpa Gavin is its biggest fan. The family ran out of gravy. It's up to you to help Grandma make more good gravy and say- save Thanksgiving dinner. As you whisk up a fresh batch of gravy, you'll dodge gigantic kitchen accessories and ingredients, including a chicken timer, whisk, rolling pin, and... Co K- K- KOCH <laughs> dairy bottle and a box of Ruth's stuffing. Quite literally, they have larger than life models of these. You also go through the can the cranberry jelly can, which is a tunnel. Mm-hmm. This is hilarious. This is amazing. God. Um I don't know who who made this. Oh, it's Vacoma. Ah, uh, Vakoma. of course it is. Um, This looks fun. I don't know if it's something that's going to make me go to Holiday World on opening day <laughs> or opening year yeah. for this coaster. But it looks fun. It makes a good use of everything. It looks like you go. It's like a boomerang kind of where it pulls you backwards one way and then you go forward back through the station and then through the layout, and then up a spike, and then back down, backwards. Hmm. Looks like they have a whole new themed area. I like the theming. I, I like what Cedar Point looks like they're doing with the theming for Top Thrill 2. I think that amusement parks, you know, with good theming are a great environment, especially for families. Yep. So there's your, your coaster...
0: News. Time for the big foam news that we've been holding till the end of the podcast for all the foamers that listen. The big foam news? The big what, do foam you, what, news.
1: what do you want the big foam news What's to? What's the big
0: foam news, Bryson? Is it
1: it has to it has big... to
0: deal has to deal. Has to do with deal with? Maybe you just deal with. It deals with a
1: steam locomotive. Is it the big, long, black, streamlined steam locomotive? Oh yes, it is. The six eleven's running again. S- if anybody 611 cares,
0: six eleven is running again. It has finally been saved from the Amish in in uh Strasburg in Lancaster County. They finally took it away from there. But honestly, in hindsight, probably the Strasburg Railroad saved that engine from ever running again. Probably, so because what it's, it, it it's been there. It was there since 2019. It was there for four years. They took it back to Roanoke earlier this year, and now I think it was just yesterday that they they announced yeah. they're gonna do some fall excursions starting in. Goshen or Goshen, Virginia, which is in the sh- not Indiana, not Indiana, Virginia,
1: traditionally another Amish town. Yeah, Goshen, Indiana. Yep.
0: Um, it's gonna be doing some rides up the go- or up the Goshen Valley, the Shenandoah Valley, and it sounds like it's only gonna lead uphill, and then it's gonna have some diesels carry it back downhill. There's going to be 11 cars in the consist, so I'm sure they're all going to be private cars because, for whatever reason, 611 can pull in all the private car people, but 765 can't, apparently, for some reason. I don't know why 765 can't, you know, get some... I mean, maybe... I don't know. Why, why can't they... I mean, they, get, they got the Norfolk and Western business car 300, but, like, no other private car... Owner ever sent their I, ever sent their car out. I don't know. This is kind of weird. I don't know why. I mean, I get it. They'd be out there for like an entire summer, pretty much. And then, and then, well, oh, they have connections. Some, to, that's what uh, I mean. It's just like I don't know why they, like, why nobody goes out there.
1: For I don't know. My hot take for this episode is that Six Eleven's overrated. But I mean, I know that everybody there are has who overrated
0: engines. Believe the opposite. I, so, I mean, yeah. I think the New York Central was complete bullcrap, so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, before
1: we get into this argument, yeah, 611 is running. Uh, speaking of other streamlined things that go fast, I got to watch airplanes last weekend. Yeah. Lots of yeah. airplanes. So I went to Oshkosh, EAA Air Venture, up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Oshkosh. 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 It was my third year up there. Uh,. The past two years I've only gone on the Saturday, like the big Saturday, which is I go up there early in the morning. I usually sit through a lecture or two. I go to Boeing Plaza, which is where they have all the big airplanes. I look around the airplanes, go through them, um, see a little bit else, eat a lot of food, Go to the afternoon air show, which is usually about 2.30 to, like, 6. And there's a two-hour break before the night air show. And then I go to the night air show. Well, this year, I wanted to go for more than one day. But I didn't want to drive up there for two days. And camping, you have to camp for, I think you have to camp for three nights at minimum. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, first come, first serve. And then hotels up there around yeah. in the Fox Quite Valley simple,
0: probably.
1: go for 400 at minimum. Yeah. I saw some hotel rooms up for $700 yeah. at literally Holiday Inn Expresses up there. It's a good so, breakfast, though. Yeah, <laughs> not seven hundred $700 breakfast, no. And I only live an hour and a half away. Anyways, I didn't want to drive up two days. But a buddy at work, Aaron, asked me if I wanted to go up on Friday, and so I got a two-day ticket. I took Friday off, went up with him early in the morning, got up there super early, Uh, and then he took me around the rest of the grounds. So, the grounds up at Oshkosh are massive, Yeah, and... Like, you truly need to be there for a few days to fully understand, like, how many, like, there are thousands of airplanes there. That's cool. And I'm big into military stuff and historical stuff, so he took me up to Warbirds, which is the section uh, where all the, the Warbirds are. The P-51s, the P-40s, P-47s, p lots of it's P-42. Helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to see—I mean, so much up there. And it was a section that I honestly I'd never been to before. I've gotten dinner like right next to it, but I never ventured over that way. And I kind of disappointed I didn't for the past two years. But now that's something to explore for the next few years. Um, there was an A10 up there that was good to get some up close detailed shots of for for modeling purposes and we went to some of the home builds we went to the the big section that we went around a lot of was the vintage area which you know a lot of vintage general aviation aircraft that was awesome Mm -hmm. got to go to the friday air show and i really wanted to go to the friday air show just because of some of the acts so a few things we got to see notably i mean there was so much going on but Um, we got to see the MIG 23 take off. I heard a rumor that he had a bird strike on takeoff. He might've come back and landed. I, we weren't (laughs) around for that. We had to go get chairs from the car, but during the actual air show, my, my favorite thing that's ever happened at EAA, I, I think I, it's safe to say it's probably my favorite was the Wisconsin national guard demonstration. So, they said it was going to happen. I saw there were actually a few families around me that like their dads were in the demonstration. Basically, what happened was the Wisconsin National Guard put on this full-scale demonstration of the full force of our the aviation assets of our mm-hmm. National Guard. So, it just was to just start Wisconsin, off, right? just wisconsin just the state of wisconsin so to start off they had f-35s from madison which they just got a few months ago uh an f-35 came over and quote unquote bombed the (laughs) area where they're operating at so if you've never been to oshkosh you have a massive runway that is like the flight line for the air show the uh the pedestrian line is not, I mean, there's a taxiway in between you, but like it's one of the closest you'll ever get to the Flight Lion air shows ever. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, it's Oshkosh. And then be on the other side of the runway, on the other side of the taxiway, there is what they call the pyro field. And it is quite literally a field where, um, the Commemorative Air Force has their Tora Tora Torah uh demonstration team and they just have thousands of gallons of pyrotechnics that will explode. Jeez. Whenever needed.
0: Whenever needed.
1: So these F-35s came in and bombed the airfield. And I mean, it's one of those you they didn't announce that they were coming through. They said the National Guard had like this demonstration, but like and the F-35s, most of these airplanes operated north to south, south to north, which was the same direction that the flight line was. These F-35s came from behind us. Yes. So, unless you were turned around, you didn't see these things coming yeah. up on you. And it was one of those, you see it before you heard it. Like, they just, bam. That's awesome. It, your heart starts racing, right? So, F-35s come in, they bomb. And then, off in the distance, there's... I don't know. Probably fifteen Black Hawk helicopters coming in in formation in an air cavalry formation. They come in and land, and hundreds of soldiers get mm-hmm. out. And then all of a sudden, this like group of Op Four guys gets out, and they start, you know, having a—I want to say reenactment, but it was more like a training mission. Like you know, they're they're shooting each other. There's explosions going off in the distance. The F-35s, so sorry, the Blackhawks came from both Madison and West Bend. So those are two Army aviation uh, uh-huh. bases. The F-35s from Madison circle around and they get refueled by a KC-135 tanker out of Milwaukee. So they're flying around, refueling. The guys on the ground are shooting at each other. There's bombs <laughs> going off, artillery going off. They said something about landing a howitzer. I didn't see it, but I think they might have landed a howitzer. So then after the battle's over, the F-35s come back, bomb again. The Blackhawks come back around. I mean, they were always in the area providing air support. They come in and they hoist the injured guys out of the battle, the the zone, right? Mm -hmm. The battle zone. And so they're doing, like, actual hoist operations with actual guys on the hooks. And then everybody, you know, gets up and leaves. But it was a solid, like, a half hour. And it was, it was mass chaos, but it was organized chaos. But it was also a little, like, huh, this is some propaganda. <laughs> but also really badass to see, like, you know, the full force of our state's National Guard. And that's just the air... Yeah, like, exactly. We still have ground exactly, assets. Exactly. Yeah. So that was that was probably it's my favorite an demonstration, right? and eye opener. Really, uh, you really never know. Like you know, you're always aware. Oh yeah, we have national guard. They'll come. Yeah, and everybody's just. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's just
0: national guard. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah when you see guard. them, yeah, they're just usually helping out with yeah natural disasters and stuff. Like they're not in combat or anything. But if they need to be.
1: Our state by itself can support (laughs) itself like that. Like, that is cool. So, other things, lots of MiGs this year. Lots of some MiG 17s. There were two MiG 17s on Friday. Uh, Randy Paul, he always has a great show. I'm not really one for the the acrobatic, like, that's. I just want to see them go fast. That's all. Fast and low. Yeah. Well, (laughs) fast and low. I want to see the military yeah. stuff. That's always been my thing. Uh, the start of the Friday air show actually started with a B-52 flyover. Which I believe is the first time I've ever seen a B-52 fly in oh, a person. Cool. Which was awesome. That's cool. So, here's the thing, Luke. Remember how I don't do well in the sun? <laughs> Well, I looked up the forecast for Friday, and it said it was going to be cloudy and stormy all day. It was probably sunny. So why would I put sunscreen on, or even bring it with me? Uh, No, Bryson. So I didn't. Uh Well, 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 guess what happened? I got a little sunburned. A little? A little. Uh, I got minor because i know what the difference between minor and not minor is anymore sun
0: poisoning (laughs) oh my god bryson i yeah bryson just round three and i haven't learned my lesson if you're outside all day just put sunscreen on
1: (laughs) even if it's cloudy
0: just put sunscreen on
1: so i came home after a long day my Lathered god. myself up in aloe. Oh my god. He'll Took a lot learn. of ibuprofen. He'll never I'll, learn. I'll never learn. Then I went it... back for Saturday. <laughs> Good oh thing god. about Saturday. That was your first day. That was the first day. Saturday. Oh my god. I, uh, I was inside for most of the morning in lectures and I went through the museum up, up there. Oh my god. But then I was outside for the rest of the day. And it was sunny that day. And you put sunscreen on. I did. I even brought it with me. I re. Oh,
0: that's here's, good.
1: Here's the thing, Luke. When you're already sunburnt because hurts. of sun poisoning, I'm
0: sure it just hurts even no matter though,
1: what. Even though it's colder outside than the day before, the sun is still hot. Uh-huh. The sun still hurts. Newsflash.
0: Hot take by Bryson. Hot
1: take by Bryson. The sun is hot. Sun is hot. So I put sunscreen on a lot. And yeah, Saturday was it was cool. Got to got to walk around a little bit more. Got closer to the flight line. I was uh, second row. Now, Saturday was an interesting day. Saturday morning a T6 Texan a military trainer with a 20-year-old male and a 30-year-old woman crashed into Lake Winnebago.
0: Crashed.
1: It if uh looking at the ADS-B uh recordings it they just lost airspeed and got a turn coming. They descended huh. very quickly
0: so they lost And the, unfortunately they lost
1: the plane. Neither of them made it. Wait, what? Yeah, so they they were both dead. What? Um, they actually didn't recover the first person until later that night, I think. Jeez. And then they had to cut the plane open at the bottom of Lake Winnebago to get the other person out. They had to get a dive team down there. And then later jeez. in the day, jeez, uh, about noon or so, might have been a little earlier than that. I was actually I saw the the rescue team go going this way, but a ultralight, I think it was an ultralight or a uh, something like that, a a helicopter and a uh, it was a gyro, it was a gyrocopter crashed, hmm. and they they hit each other midair and two people died from that accident too. Holy so, crap! So a show that's fairly. Safe when it comes to fatalities in recent years. There were four on Saturday alone. Jeez. Which was, you know, crazy. So, because of that, the FAA, who really has a strong handle on the show, which is good. um, FAA was very tight on, you know, this needs to be a safe show for the rest of the day. Yeah. So there is a Mig 29 who flies with the Polaris group. It's awesome to see them fly. I, I love love watching them. The Mig 29 when it after it taxied to the end of the runway to start its show, it had some can't be issues. So it stayed down while well, they sorted that out. They sent another jet up to take place of that. Um. And just some other, you know, odds and ends where it's like, oh yeah, this is, we're being very, like, very careful today. Yeah. Um, the rest of the show went on without a hitch. There was a little, there was a slight rain delay. Um, I was very happy from the rain because it took the sun away and it made the rain felt nice on my sunburn. (laughs) Um, Other than that, the only other notable thing about the air show was the night air show. I love the night air show because it starts with twilight flights. So there was an F-22 doing twilight flights with afterburner most of the time, right after the the rain went through. So the clouds were epic. The moon was almost full. It was just a perfect backdrop for F-22 twilight flights. And then Mm -hmm. they did. The MiG-29 eventually got up with Randy Ball and his MiG-17 for... A flight after that. And then a bunch of aerobatic people. I kinda like those a little bit more at night because um most of them have pyro coming off like fireworks coming off the airplanes. So that's mm-hmm. just cool. You know, guys flying with fireworks going like basically a few feet away from them in a airplane. That's that's cool. You can you you fly during that, that's that's awesome. Yeah. But the fireworks. Oshkosh always has the best fireworks show in the Midwest. Like, hands down, better than Chicago. It is massive. Yeah. It is awesome. It's my favorite thing. But this year, the Saturday fireworks show had some technical difficulties.
0: Uh oh. So
1: they had to restart the show two or three times <laughs> because of these technical difficulties. And in between restarting the show, the first time they had to restart it, the announcer was like, "Okay everybody, let's sing Sweet Caroline." Oh god. And then during the second time that they paused because of technical difficulties, he's because we were so bad at singing, he started playing Sweet Caroline on the sound system. That was funny. Okay. Um there really was no finale. And usually the finale is epic yeah. and ends with a lot of pyro because they have to get rid of the pyro that they didn't use during the rest of the day. So usually, you know, it's a my first year there it was a just a gigantic wall of fire. <laughs> oh, like the length of the runway wall of fire. Yeah. Uh last year the finale ended actually with this firework. It was literally the biggest firework I've ever seen. Like it was just They probably had to get a permit to shoot this thing off because of how, you know, how (laughs) big it was. You could probably see this from Michigan. Oh, wow. Is how big it was. It was massive.
0: Jeez.
1: This year, there's really no finale because of the technical difficulties. And they still had to shoot all the pyro off. And so the guy's like, well, I don't know if we're going to have a warning. And there really was not a warning before... Basically, it looks like three atomic bombs exploding, oh, and god. you see this giant ball of fire before you hear this massive explosion, yeah. and it's like, oh my god. Um,
0: I'd have to bring so, he- I'd have to bring headsets.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no i i wore uh, I wore hearing protection during that because yeah. I mean, especially during like when the jets are going through with their afterburners. Like, oh yeah, yeah. But it was a good show. It was it was a good weekend. I'm glad I went for two days. I was exhausted at the end of it all. And very sunburned. And I'm still oh dealing with that. Oh unfortunately. Uh, oh I never do learn my lesson. You never do? I need somebody holding my hand with a can of... Uh, sunscreen in it.
0: I think next, but... next podcast we gotta do... PRR versus New York Central. Oh, we can do that. Yeah.
1: And then...
0: I will prepare the PRR stuff.
1: We can do PRR versus New York Central. And then, later in August, we'll have a very special show with a special guest.
0: Very special.
1: So. Luke? Uh, It's been like an hour and a half.
0: I know. It's... It's it's Friday here. <laughs> it's, it's
1: still Thursday here, but It's
0: Friday where I'm at. <laughs> fun fact, before I
1: let everybody go, I sound like a professor in college. Fun fact. Um, did you realize that the state of Indiana didn't observe daylight savings time until 2004?
0: Correct. That, yes. They were like Arizona. Arizona's Arizona's the, Arizona still does it. Yeah, I was going to say, Arizona is the only one that and still Hawaii. does it yeah
1: no, I knew that, and how did I find out about this? I was looking at timetables of the famous Amtrak <laughs> Kentucky Cardinal, yeah between Chicago and Louisville, Kentucky sometimes, so what it, sometimes it didn't make it all the way to Kentucky,
0: so what was Indiana so and so they didn't observe daylight savings time, so so there were little disclaimers,
1: you know how like Amtrak timetables have those little uh like. Uh, sometimes they have like numbers next yeah. to stations and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The all the Indiana stations had the number sixty nine next to them, which was first oh. of all hilarious. That's funny. But second nice. of all, I'm like, what does that mean? So I go down to the little, the yeah, timetable thing, and I'm like, huh? These stations don't su- don't, you know,
0: follow daylight
1: Save. Don't follow daylight savings time. It's like. Between the dates of whatever and whatever, the The arrival time will be an hour earlier or something like that. I'm like,
0: yeah, interesting in in the wintertime, basically. Of course, Indiana thinks it's
1: so special.
0: It's like Arizona. It's like, why does Arizona not do it? I don't know. Uh, Well, speaking of Indiana,
1: we'll have a report from Indiana on our next podcast.
0: I want to play that Pan Am airlines game again
1: <laughs> oh we will definitely be playing pan am and we will have to record that for the podcast just because of how
0: it takes an hour just is. to set up <laughs> i love that and game. to understand it
1: <laughs> yes well you played it now even though i still don't understand it, it. Yeah. i still
0: don't understand it <laughs> well luke bryson i think this has been a podcast i think it has been too
1: Check us out on social media. We got all the things. We got all the things. (laughs) We got all the things. Okay. See ya. Good night.